Well, hello, CMYK community. My name is Matt, and man, it feels like a long time since this has happened, and I'm so excited to be back. I hope that your summer is going well. If you're listening to this in the calendar week that we are releasing this, we're in the midst of our summer Sabbath, which means we're not gathering every week on Sundays like we typically do throughout the year. And it's been kind of weird and funky and fun and good and relaxing. And I hope all of those things are happening for you as well with your summer. I hope you're getting some good rest. Before we jump into what we're talking about today, I just want to point towards and remind you that we are doing our uh, last summer gathering this month, August 20th. 25th at Art House Cinema. It'll be at 10.30 in the morning or at 6 o'clock at night. We've got kid care in the morning or we have the bar open in the evening. Whichever you prefer, you pick the one that you like most. But uh, this is our last summer gathering before we launch into gathering again every single week throughout the fall. I really, really hope you can make it. We're going to be completing our series that we launched into this summer. This will be the third talk when it comes to this idea of reworking prayer and can prayer work, specifically specifically tackling the end of the Lord's Prayer. And uh, this is one that I've been thinking about for a while, and I can't wait to share some thoughts and ideas that I've been processing for a little bit when it comes to this idea of the Lord's Prayer and what the ending of that prayer can mean for our lives in reworking prayer, seeing prayer potentially work for our lives and the world around us. So I hope to see you there, August 25th. Today, what I want to do is continue on in this kind of uh, in and out series that we've been in uh, throughout the summer on these off weeks. We call it CMYK DNA, where we're just taking some time to talk about the specific inner workings of this community and of this church and what is the makeup of this thing. Uh, We are a unique community. We are a unique church. And so what are the elements that make us unique and make us us compared to other churches or other faith communities that you might find in around the city or around the country, around the world. And so we've been talking about that now for a few weeks. And so if you're interested, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the previous ones uh, because it's going to give you a good inside scoop of where we're coming from and where all of these ideas and thoughts uh, came out of and why we created what we created and why it looks the way that it looks because this DNA stuff has been a part of myself and this community from day one. And so uh, I think it's a pretty important series that if you're curious about what CMYK is all about, that you would spend some time with it. And today, what I want to specifically talk about is this DNA piece of CMYK that says this, that we are willing to question traditions, narratives, and beliefs for the sake of authenticity. We are willing to question traditions, narratives, and beliefs for the sake of authenticity. This can be a challenging statement for some, as you might know. One of the things that you might know about me, if you spend any time around me or kind of listen to me talk uh, over the last few years, is that I'm someone that has historically been a fan of Apple products. I know that that can be a divisive statement uh, for some, and honestly, some of my love for Apple may be waning. Don't tell uh, Tim Cook or the dead Steve Jobs. It'll be fine. But uh, one of the things that uh, is important to my love affair of Apple products over the history uh, that I've had that love affair over the last few years is my memory of the first time I ever bought an Apple product. It was before the iPhone was ever announced. 
And the thing that was kind of my entry-level Apple product was the iPod. Now, some of you listening to this might not remember iPods at all, but they used to be a device that you were able to load so many songs, hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of songs, onto this device and then take it with you and listen to that music. This was in the days of CDs when we had hard plastic discs that we had to carry around everywhere. And I was going to coffee shops as a lover of music, and I would have my portable CD player and like a stack of 10 CDs, and I would sit and listen to music and it was a nerdy thing. It's still not cool, but you know, I thought it was cool at the time. But the iPod provided this opportunity to load even more music into the iPod, and I didn't have to carry around all the CDs and the CD player and all this kind of stuff. I was so excited the first iPod I ever bought, my first Apple product. And what I remember about it is not only being excited to get the iPod, but when I received it, the packaging for this device was incredible. And I know some of you are going to be like, Matt, this is nerd speak up the wazoo. And I get that. But just hang with me for a minute. Because when I got this, the box was sexy. I know that that's not a term you use for boxes, particularly packaging, but it was sexy. It was cool. I felt like from the first time I held this thing, I had the coolest thing that I possibly could have. And I didn't even care as much about the product inside the box as much as the packaging because there was this little zip area where I, I just had to rip this one thing and then the box slowly opened and then inside the box, everything was perfectly shaped. All of the directions and warranty information, all that stuff was perfectly shaped to fit inside the box. So it looked cool. It looked designed. It looked right. It wasn't just a large piece of paper folded a million times and then shoved into the box. There was plastic molding to perfectly hold the iPod that the only thing that could ever fit inside that plastic molding was that iPod. It was that precise and that particular. There wasn't a bunch of writing and you know legal language all over the box. There wasn't a ton of pictures. There wasn't a bunch of whiz flash colors everywhere. It was just simple. It was clean. It was neat. Everything just fit and looked so nice. And you pulled that iPod off. Some of you have this memory of maybe the last time you got an iPhone or just a new phone in general, and you pull it out and it's this perfectly formed plastic around the device, and you slowly peel the plastic back and you feel like you have just uncovered the holy grail. This is the thing that Indiana Jones was looking for the entire time in the movie, and you just found it. You got it. You're holding it. Everything in your life is now right and proper and okay. And that unboxing experience was incredible. And I remember being blown away because yes, I was excited about the product. Yes, I was excited to load all this music onto the iPod, but it was the packaging that wowed me. It was the packaging that drew me even deeper into this Apple love affair of, man, these guys seem to care deeply about what they're doing and they're doing everything at a high level with high design and clarity in every aspect of their product line. I loved it. And it sent me down the path of wanting more and more Apple products and reading everything I could about Apple business and design and Steve Jobs and all that kind of stuff. Yes, Apple nerd. Okay. But here's the thing. As cool as the packaging was, as incredible as that moment was, and still to this day, anytime I get an Apple product, as great as it is to unbox an Apple product because you can see the care and precision that they bring to it, the packaging is not the thing. The packaging is not the reason I've invested so much time and energy and resources to get this thing. The packaging simply holds and contains the thing that I actually care about the iPod. The packaging for my new Apple computer, it, it's cool and it's awesome and it looks great. They're still doing it to a high level, yes, 
but I don't care about the packaging as much as I should care about the product, the thing the packaging holds. Here's what I believe. Traditions, narratives, and beliefs in general are great packages for things. They're packages for interactions with the divine. The tradition is not the thing that matters. Tradition and the traditions that we hold, whether it's family traditions or religious traditions, are these packages that we hold these moments in that we can interact on a deeper level with our family or we can interact on a deeper level with the divine. A narrative or a story told, a historical story, whatever it is, is a story, yes, and the story might be good, yes, but the story is not the thing. The story is this package, this container, this thing that holds an invitation into a more beautiful way forward, a more beautiful way for me to live my life. And a belief is not the thing. You don't believe for belief's sake. There is a belief that you hold on to, and the reason that you hold on to that belief is because it encapsulates, it packages something that you would experience joy and life out of that belief. Traditions, narratives, and beliefs are not the thing. They are simply the containers, the packages that hold the thing. And so just like an iPhone package that has all the sex appeal of Apple, if it doesn't contain an iPhone, you're not going to invest <laughs> a bunch of money, time, and energy and resources just to get the box, just to get the package, as cool or sexy as the package might be. And for me, when it comes to these things of traditions, narratives, and beliefs, as cool, as sexy as it might be, as much momentum as there might be around it, as much energy as there might be around a belief or a tradition or a narrative, as much community as there might be about around these things, as much power might be found around these things, and influential people might be found around these things. The traditions, narratives, and beliefs are still not the thing. They are packages that are meant to contain and hold the thing, to hold the point of the packaging, which when it comes to traditions, narratives, and beliefs, particularly when it comes to the Christian tradition or Christian thought or Christ thought, I believe that these traditions, narratives, and beliefs are about an authentic interaction with the divine, that there's a more beautiful way forward to be found and lived out, that there's an authentic life life to the fullest, as Christ would say, to be authentically experienced. And there is joy to be authentically lived. This is the point of traditions, narratives, and beliefs, that they would hold a packaging for authentic joy, life, a more beautiful way forward and interaction with the divine. So the question becomes, do you spend your life continuing to invest in packaging that doesn't actually contain or hold a more beautiful way forward, that doesn't actually contain and hold interaction with the divine, life, and joy? Or are you willing to question the packaging? Are you willing to set aside certain packaging, certain elements, traditions, narratives, and beliefs for the sake of finding the thing that those things are supposed to be all about? And this is where CMYK comes in. Because this is a community, this is a space, and this is a church where we take it very seriously 
that we would work towards authentically experiencing this better way, life, and joy. And we didn't start with the purpose of tearing down traditions or tearing down narratives or tearing down beliefs. That's not the point of any of this. But we're very clear that we are willing to question and challenge those things for the sake of experiencing what this was to always be about. Because the packaging is not the thing. The thing inside the packaging is. And the reason that I'm so motivated and driven by this and that we kind of started this whole CMYK thing based off this piece of DNA is because this is actually something that I continue to see Jesus do over and over and over again within the scriptures. Like this story in Mark chapter 2 where his disciples are walking through the fields and they start picking the grain heads uh, and eating them on the Sabbath, which the Sabbath in Jewish tradition is essentially a day off. It's a religious day where you do no work whatsoever. And they all need all these rules and regulations of what work was constituted work. And his disciples are found out to be doing this work of picking grain heads and eating them on the Sabbath. And they confront Jesus about it. And the religious leaders of the day They're bringing their traditions, their narratives, and their beliefs, and they feel like, according to how the story goes, they've pinned Jesus to the wall. They know they've got him now, and they're going to expose him for the fraud that he is because these disciples of his were doing something that was against their traditions, against their narratives, against their beliefs. How could they do it? And this is Jesus' response. He says to them, essentially, this is okay. And it's fine for them to do it. And the reason why is this. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, Jesus is saying this tradition, this narrative, this belief of the Sabbath, it's meant to serve you. It's meant to be something for you to experience authentic joy. It's meant for you to find a more beautiful way to live and interact with the world and stuff around you. It's the reason the Sabbath exists to serve you. That you are not meant to serve the Sabbath. You are not meant to serve traditions, narratives, and belief. That if you lose life and joy for the sake of obeying the Sabbath, then you all of a sudden are serving that thing. And Jesus says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So Jesus is saying, if you need to question the Sabbath in this moment for the sake of authenticity, go for it. Because traditions, narratives, and beliefs can be and are incredibly helpful and are incredible packages for interacting with the divine for finding a more beautiful way forward, for finding and experiencing life and authentic joy, but they are not the thing. So our DNA of CMYK is of using and interacting with these things. Yes, we do interact with traditions and narratives and beliefs all the time, every time we gather and in the majority of things that we do, but we are not here to serve those things. So at our, at our gatherings, we don't pray the Lord's Prayer because we absolutely have to and we're here to serve the Lord's Prayer. We do it because we believe that there's this work that it invites into our lives, into our hearts and into our minds to experience a more beautiful way forward. We don't receive communion because that's just what you have to do, but we, are, we go through that process because it serves us in experiencing the divine. It serves us in opening our eyes and experiencing joy and finding this beautiful way And we don't talk about scripture and we don't look at these things because it's the thing and everything revolves around the Bible and it's the Bible all the time, no matter what, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. No, the Bible and scripture are an incredible package and tool 
that contains and holds this interaction with the divine here, now, in this moment, that contains, that holds this invitation into life and joy. And so we interact with it. We do not serve it. It serves us. And if there are elements, traditions, narratives, and beliefs that are not serving our interaction with the divine, life, and joy, then we are completely willing to question and wrestle through and challenge them for the sake of authentically experiencing those things. Because what I know, and I'm sure what you know and have experienced as well, is that spirituality and religion becomes detrimental to our humanity when we make it all about the packaging. We make it all about jumping through the hoops, speaking the rhetoric, going through the actions, or holding on to beliefs that don't actually authentically move us forward in a beautiful way. We're just doing it because that's what we do, and we're serving these things. There are many Many who are a part of the CMYK who are not interested in interacting with certain traditions, narratives, and beliefs. And what I love about this community is that is okay because we're not here to interact around those things. We're not here to serve those things. There are many within CMYK that don't pray the Lord's Prayer with us. And that's okay. Our goal is not to get you to pray a prayer with us. Our goal is not to get you to eat some bread and juice and take communion with us or to read the Bible. Our goal is that we would find a more beautiful way forward together. Our goal is that we would experience joy and life and humanity to the fullest. Because as great as a package might be, you can never let it become about the package. It's all about the thing the package contains. So to wrap this up, I I just want to say this. Thank you to those of you who bring your authenticity here to the CMYK community. It is not an easy thing to show up to a church space on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening and to not sing a song or to not pray a prayer, or to not receive communion, because there's not something authentic behind that for you that you are choosing to say, yeah, I'm not going to partake or be a part of that. And I want to say thank you to you for doing that, because it is far more important that you are going after an authentic experience of life and joy in a more beautiful way forward, and an authentic experience and approach to the divine than just jumping through hoops because everybody else in the room is doing that. That is a difficult choice to make, but I am so honored and proud and excited that this thing called CMYK is filled with people from all different traditions, narratives, and beliefs coming together and being willing to question and challenge those things for the sake of authenticity. So thank you, thank you, thank you. As divisive as this idea and DNA piece may be, it is so beautiful to see so many of you willing to jump on board and be a part of it and to create space in our city, in our community for those wherever they come from to come and pursue this authentic better way forward together. I love you. And I really, really hope to see you on August 25th when we gather. It's going to be a really, really great gathering. And uh, other than that, I hope you're doing well. If there's anything that we can do for you, please, please, please reach out.